Welcome to Viva La Volva, the podcast that explores and teaches about the goodness of the vulva. Here is your host, Dr. Kara Quant, an internal medicine doctor and advocate for female sexual health. Welcome to the Viva La Vova podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kara Quant, and I would like to thank you for joining today on this episode. Today, I am joined by my guest host, Lily Wang. Hello, Lily. Hi, Dr. Kara. Great to see you again. Good to see you too. And today... We are talking all about mental health. Yeah. It is Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, May. And I definitely wanted to have this conversation because it's a, an important conversation. Mental health affects millions of people just within the U.S. alone And when I talk about mental health, mainly depression and anxiety, those are kind of the big things, especially during the time that we're in of the pandemic. There's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, you know, we're now a year, which is crazy, a year into COVID, Mm -hmm. a little more than a year. And so, you know, some of us have been able to adjust Some of us have not been able to adjust. And so I wanted to talk about mental health awareness, kind of like what are the big things, mainly wanting to discuss depression and anxiety and a little bit of what you can do about it if you feel like you have these symptoms. This is an opinion-based podcast. This does not take place of you seeing your own provider, your own doctor, your own psychiatrist, because it's personalized for everybody. So these are, you know, opinions that I have that Lily has. And um, if you do feel like you are experiencing depression, anxiety, other things, please seek a medical professional to help more specifically for you. So just wanted to put that disclaimer out there because yeah, mental health, it's a important discussion. It's very common, especially during the time that we're in. And I wanted to put that disclaimer out there. I love that we're not only bringing light and education about Viva La Vulva, we always talk about sex and sexual health and wellness. And I like the language. Have you noticed that mental, there used to be a term like it was mental disease or mental depression disease, and now it's shifted to mental health and wellness. So it really is a whole nother component of our health and body and wellness that we need to consider. So it's not just physical and sexual, but now there's mental Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that even our mental health can really affect our sexual health. I mean, if you are not feeling good, if you're feeling depressed and down and your mood isn't, you know, right, then it can affect everything else. Your physical, you don't want to exercise, you don't want to do things, you're sexual, you don't want to be sexual with a partner or for yourself. So yeah, there is definitely a lot of bad connotations or bad things associated with 
disease. Um, And that, then we need to be balanced. We do. Yes. Which brings me to something which I did not know. And this is pretty crazy, but uh, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, cannot approve a drug unless there is an illness associated with it. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's That's crazy. Like a mental illness, even though someone may not be clinically diagnosed as mental illness, it's really important to talk about our mental health. That's what it was, the mental disease, mental illness. But there you go. What The FDA won't approve something because unless there's an illness attached to it. But yeah. so many people could be hurting and could get help before they get to that point. Before, yes, before they get to that point. And yeah, I strongly believe in prevention, you know, not getting to that point of depression, anxiety, but if you are dealing with it, it's okay. It's normal. It's common. There are, you know, treatments out there for you, but yes, mental health is a huge discussion. So wanted to, to dive into that today. Wanted to also talk about just kind of before getting started, like I have definitely experienced my bouts of both depression and anxiety. I mean, anxiety is a pretty common diagnosis. Once I give you the exact term or the exact definition of it, many people may relate to it, but anxiety is basically chronic worrying, chronic anxiousness, which I have dealt with in the past and on a frequent basis. Also, I've had my bouts of depression. I've been to see a therapist, and I'm not afraid to to say that, especially during medical school, really hard time, a lot of changing, a lot of pressure, responsibility. I had both like family things going on plus school things going on, and so I felt like I needed to have a therapist. And again, not afraid to, to say that. But I know many people in my community, African-American community, there's still a lot of like shame and embarrassment around depression or seeing a therapist. Oh, you know, you don't want to go to like a crazy doctor like you're you're not crazy. You know, go do whatever you need to to get rid of it. And that's not necessarily like it's not as easy as that. And I still see that even when I will tell a patient, hey, I think you're experiencing depression or I think you're experiencing anxiety. Maybe you should, you know, see a therapist. Would you be open to it? Some of them are like, no, I, I'm good. I can get rid of it on my own. I don't need any help. And that's kind of the, sometimes what I, what I hear from people. Again, it's a, a common diagnosis there's a lot of people within their lifetime that are going to experience depression or anxiety or both. And medicines, a short course of medicine is not a problem or a short course of therapy is not an issue. So we need to normalize it. And so this discussion is also about normalizing the, the conversation about mental health. Just talking it through, did it feel better? Did you progress for yourself? Yeah. So I went for about, I would say a year and a half to two years. And the first one that I had, I 
liked, but I felt like there was someone else out there. Or let me see if there's somebody else out there because I didn't necessarily relate to her. And so I did find somebody within that year and a half or two years that I related to and that I could just be open about. This is a non-biased person. This is a person that isn't related to you. They have, you know, they have a PhD behind their name. They have some, they have experience about and knowledge about helping people through a certain time in their life. And I believe it helped. It definitely helped. Research has shown that therapy, psychotherapy or therapy plus medications are usually better than one or the other separately. And I did actually, I was on antidepressants for a while. And so that helped me through the time that I was in. And I strongly recommend it for people. I mean, just having like an, you know, just being able to talk freely to somebody without hesitancy, without, you know, being like, oh, is this person going to judge me for what I say? It makes a huge difference. So it really will just be a period of like a period of time in your life where you may feel that you need it, and everyone's going to be facing challenges at a different point in their life, at different times. This past year, of course, has been really challenging for a lot of folks, just with your career, your personal health, your mental health, and all of your family and friends and all of the stresses and all the weight of the world just kind of on your shoulders, how everyone processes it is very demanding on their mental health. So seeing someone to talk to, um, don't internalizing it and keeping it stewing inside. I think talking to people will make you feel better. Yeah. Yes. So jumping into the kind of clinical definition of each of them. Again, I'm going to highlight depression and anxiety because they are the most common. So we have this thing called the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. So this is where doctors and therapists go to to find out the definitions of certain illnesses. And so according to DSM-5, because there's different numbers, so we're up to five, the DSM-5 criteria for depression is having a major depressive syndrome or episode uh, manifests with these five or more symptoms. And it's generally most days of the week for a minimum of two consecutive weeks. So it's a pretty short diagnosis. You only need to have these symptoms for about two weeks. So what you at least have to have is a depressed mood or a loss of interest or pleasure. It could be pleasure in sex. It could be, you know, the loss of interest in the habits that you used to be into, bike riding, whatever it may be. But the other symptoms that you have to meet, again, it's five, are depressed mood, which I said, a loss of interest or pleasure in most activities, insomnia, so a hard time sleeping, or hypersomnia, which is an increase in sleeping, so if you're sleeping more than eight hours a day, change in appetite or weight, you can have like mental slowing, also called psychomotor agitation, low energy, poor concentration, thoughts of worthlessness or guilt, 
and also having recurrent thoughts about death or suicide. That's basically the criteria for depression. If you identify with any or all of them or most of them, definitely go to a provider. Your primary care doctor is a person that you can start with and just have a conversation with them. Screening for depression is a thing. And some um, providers will have it that you fill out a questionnaire before you see them. That's actually what many primary care doctors will do. But if you don't, if you aren't screened for it, and I've said this before, it's okay to say that, hey, doctor, I'm, or hey, provider, I'm dealing, I think I'm dealing with depression. You know, can you help me out? That's all you need to say. Doctors are very knowledgeable. They're not going to judge you. You can advocate for yourself, especially if your doctor or provider is not asking the questions that you want to ask them, what you want them to ask you. So that is the definition of depression. And things, treatment for it are a lot. And I kind of touched on them with my own story, but psychotherapy or just therapy in general um, is considered one treatment option. The other is medicine. Antidepressants are a huge class of medicines. There's a lot of them out there that can help you to, because depression can be a chemical imbalance. So the medicine can help with changing that chemical imbalance. It doesn't have to be forever. You don't have to be on it forever. I think that's a a common question for patients or common concern for patients is, hey, doctor, I don't want to be on this medicine for the rest of my life. And that is not necessarily the case. Like, you know, say your parent passed away and, you know, it's been a certain time that you, there's a grieving process, but maybe you have become depressed in the time that you're grieving. And so uh, you, a short course of therapy, a short course of medicines can really help somebody. Again, this does not take place of your own, seeing your own personal doctor. So definitely see your own personal doctor if you're having any of these uh, symptoms. The next one I wanted to talk about is anxiety. Anxiety is probably more common than depression. And according to, I wouldn't say according to DSM, but according to one of the resources that I looked up, generalized anxiety disorder, which basically anxiety, is characterized by excessive and persistent worrying that is hard to control and causing significant distress or impairment. And it usually occurs more days than not, so more, more days of the week than not, for at least six months. And so other symptoms that you can have along with anxiety are apprehensiveness, irritability, physical symptoms of anxiety, like fatigue or muscle tension. I see a lot of patients that come in with really tight, (laughs) really tight neck muscles because they hold a lot of stress in their necks. I know. (laughs) Stretching is a good thing to do. So that's kind of the definition of anxiety. And studies show that actually norepinephrine or the 
the fight hormone. So if you need to run away from a bear or if you need to run away from something that's threatening you, norepinephrine is released. And it's shown that higher levels of norepinephrine are in people who have anxiety. There's more, there are higher levels of it. And it's a stress hormone. It's one of the stress hormones. So if you feel that you are anxious or if you feel you have any of these symptoms of you know, persistent worrying, easy uh, irritability, or you're apprehensive about a lot of things, definitely go seek some attention. There's probably different anxiety levels too, right? I mean, you've got someone who's chronic anxiety and they're constantly worried about everything and anything that comes across. And you said it could be a six month period or a duration of time. Whereas if maybe, you know, an upcoming event is happening, whether it's a review or you're meeting the in-laws for the first time or you're, or something, something that's very nerve wracking, stressful, you could be, you could build up a lot of anxiety too. Yes, you can. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's short levels of it. There's spurts of it. But they do say that anxiety is chronic and that you kind of go through ebbs and flows or, you know, like good and bad times of anxiety. But yes, there can be events that, that can happen that can put you a little bit more anxious. And so with that, there are also options. And I, again, these are opinions of mine and also wanted you to kind of tell or yeah, tell everybody how you deal with stress. What are some of the things that you deal with before I dive into what I uh, am recommending? We all just need to make sure that we're self-aware and balance. Everything is so connected. I think we always push self-care, making sure that you are taking time for yourself to decompress to reset and kind of uh, be refreshed. And so I actually always try to schedule dates for that, as silly as it sounds, because our schedules are so busy and it's by the hour, it's booked up solid that I'm like, okay, even if I have to book an hour for myself just to grab lunch outside, you know, get away from the screens and get some fresh air, go for a brisk walk, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, I talk to a lot of colleagues and friends who love meditating and they start their day with a mindful meditation. And so they know what kind of intent they day they're going to have and putting that positivity energy out there. But we get it some days. There's no time for that. And whether it's just grabbing a quick coffee, but then trying to eat clean and good. So getting enough sleep and all of it, like I said, just like balances, making sure you're getting some exercise during the week. I think a balance overall life where you're mindful of self-care, doing some meditation, eating right, get some exercise. I try to go to bed at a decent hour with no screens and cell phones and tablets and TVs for an hour before bed. It's annoying that you read so many articles about it, but it's kind of true and it works. You know, and I don't drink caffeine after 12 o'clock. Taking time for self-care And I was always one that loved to make sure I got my massages and spas. And I definitely haven't been able to for a long time because of COVID. So once that opens up, I can't wait to schedule it. But by scheduling that out and treating yourself 
make time for a phone call or a phone date, a Zoom date, or at least a phone call with a girlfriend or a friend. Um, it makes a difference. So those are my decompress stress self-care moments. Yeah. Do you like know when you are more stressed out like can you like sense when your body is more stressed out or when you are more stressed out yeah I think it's just with our business too and I'm, I'm very like workaholic and work related too it's very much around the seasons and I can feel it well you're just talking about your shoulders tensing I'm like oh my gosh watch my posture <laughs> shrink out of my neck I'm using our uh, magic wands for my neck and too. <laughs> Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting the most number one. I've, I work with a lot of influencers too, and they'll say their number one stress reliever is masturbating. So in honor of Masturbation May, we should say take time to explore your body and masturbate. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. Um, yes. Like I feel that it's coming because I, I probably pack too much on and I, I always want to say yes and commit to everything, but I need to learn to make time for myself for self-care and say no with reason and stick to it to respect my boundaries. Like I need to set boundaries for myself, healthy boundaries and uh, be honest with myself along with peers. Yes. I mean, especially for women, I feel like that last part that you said is it can hit home. I mean, I know for me, I enjoy activities. Like I enjoy moving forward, seeing progress, doing things that can help me in the future. Um, oftentimes I'll say yes to things and I'll be like, oh, but I would rather sleep or I'd rather take a nap or I'd rather do whatever. So yes, it is always good to have healthy boundaries. And since things are kind of opening up now, being able to to say no to things that are going to be in the way of my self-care, be in the way of my relaxation or taking time out for myself. So I definitely connect with that. I'll admit it's hard. And so because I'm like, I have FOMO for sure. I don't want to miss out on anything. I want to go to that event and that dinner and that happy hour and see my girlfriend's baby shower. Like there's just so many things to life. But I think I need to also schedule time for myself, make sure I go to the gym, make sure I go to bed early. And then if I can squeeze in all the other events that has to also, I can't love others and give them the attention that they deserve if I can't make sure I'm okay and healthy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because if you are not yeah, taking care of yourself, yeah. then how the heck are you going to take care of somebody else? Like, really, how are you going to take care of somebody else if you are exhausted or you are, you know, depressed or anxious or what have you? So, yeah, I agree with that. I also want to piggyback on the meditation aspect because it is so big. I mean, there's so many health benefits of I was going to say masturbation. <laughs> There's so many health benefits of meditation, especially starting your day out. I mean, I know for myself, that's what I do. I start my day in the morning, but like my eyes are barely open. I will do 15 minutes of meditation to start out my day. It really does. It sets a path, like a clear path, the kind of more balanced path for my day. 
if I wake up and I don't meditate, I feel like I'm, I don't know, kind of reacting to a lot of different things. So yeah, like you were saying, like you or your colleagues have done setting an intention that, you know, today is going to be great, or I'm going to be productive, or I'm going to be relaxed, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be abundant, whatever it may be that you want to intend for the day. Yeah, I like that. And I will often do So meditation is such a big thing. I mean, even meditating, like a mindfulness meditation, uh, you will focus on your breathing. Breathing is such a fundamental, basic thing, but it really is the point where we get oxygen in our body. Yes, take a big breath. I will say to everyone that's listening, do as we say, not as I do. Like, I am guilty. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh shit, what is in my day? I look at my calendar, check my emails. Probably the wrong intention and way to start the morning, but uh, to meditate and get up, go outside, take a few deep breaths definitely would be a better way to start, you know, versus um, for those maybe who are going to a commute to an office, I have to sit in traffic. So I need to be better about turning on some peaceful Zen music instead of or whatever music that pumps you up and gets you going. But to put you in a good mood, I think how you start your day and waking up on the right side of bed is what will balance your mental health. And it's like good practice. It's a good yoga practice, good meditation practice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll often, often, especially during the pandemic where I'm seeing patients who are still coming in, I'm still seeing patients who have, you know, had an additional workload because a colleague was fired or, you know, like they, or their department has decreased in size. And so they're doing a lot more. So I'm seeing a lot of people who are like, I am overworked. I'm tired. I'm stressed out. Like, what can I do? I don't want to go to a therapist. I don't want to go. I don't want to take medicine. What can I do? And I'm like, well, what you can do is you can meditate. I mean, at least starting out with it. And so I have often recommended for patients Insight Timer. I don't have any connections with Insight Timer, but it's a great app. I-N-S-I-G-H-T, Insight Timer. It's an app that you can go on. There's like 80,000 different free meditations that you can do. If you're a new, if you're a beginner to meditation, you can just open it and like push a guided meditation that there's a person that's going to guide you through. You don't have to think about it. You could just listen to it for however long, five, 10, 15 minutes. And it's a great way to relieve and reduce stress and anxiety. doesn't have to be at the beginning of the day. It could be at the end of the day, but I will, I strongly, strongly recommend that. Also, yes, moving your body, moving your body is also such a big thing that helps with, decreasing uh, your stress hormone levels, moving your body, you know, doing something that is also fun. Cause I, I don't agree with someone just doing it and like forcing themselves to do it. Like do something that is fun for you. So if you like dancing, which I do, if you like dancing, like put on some music and dance for 15, 20 minutes. Like there's easy ways that you can move your body and also fun ways that aren't going to, Yeah, make you not motivated to do it. 
So those are my big ones. There's also medicine that you can take. There are also anxiety medicines that are out there. Uh, I don't recommend them because they're habit forming, they're addictive. Um, but it, there are medicines that are out there for people for anxiety. So I forgot another one, which I've trying, I've always been trying as a new year's resolution to do more often and start doing, but I find myself always doing it on the airplane is journaling. Oh, journaling is good. Yes. That is a good one. Yeah. And yeah, journaling, like your thoughts. Because when they're in your head, it's different, right? Then when you like actually write it down, you can see what you've been thinking. And I think that it can also take some power away from, you know, especially if something is bothering you, you know, someone like made you upset or yeah, yeah writing out what's going on. Right. The art practice of writing it out, it's almost like you're able to just download it mentally. And so you can get that out of your mind and you have it on paper. Yeah. good or bad and you can crinkle it up and throw it away or at least it's in a book and you can reference to it later if you ever want to but journaling more put on your favorite music I lit a candle for us just for this episode and you know smell is such a powerful scent or sense that we have and that could trigger good moods and as well as um, taking time to grieve or reflect. Yes. Agree with all of those things, Lily. And so I would also like to hear from you on ways that you de-stress or that you go through rough times. We are available or uh, available on socials. So Viva La Vulva LA, you can always DM me or email me at info at vivalavulvala.org. And just let me know what you do to de-stress. If you have any questions for me, definitely hit me up on one of those avenues. So with that being said, I would like to thank you, Lily, for being a guest host again and for having this conversation about mental health because it is Mental Health Awareness Month of May. And so I would also like to thank everybody out there for listening, for watching this episode uh, because it is an important topic. So take care of yourself. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe, let friends and family know, and I'll be back next time to have another conversation around sexual health, around women's empowerment, because it is important. So that being said, thank you. I'm Dr. Kara Kwan, and we're out. Bye. Bye.